Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Slow Break Podcast. My name is Damon. This week, we're talking all things fast food, fast food meals, your favorites, where you like to go for them, as well as how fast food industry has changed over the years. Now, before we dive too deeply into the conversation, we know that fast food is quite a large topic and very broad of a category. So we want to hammer down exact definitions of what we want to be talking about today. So according to the internet, fast food is defined as food that can be prepared quickly and easily and is sold in restaurants and snack bars as a quick meal or to be taken out. Now, when me and Tony were going over the breakdown of how we wanted this episode to go and we were talking about our favorite fast food restaurants, we needed to provide an even broader definition for the fact that there over the last decade has risen the fast casual movement in food, that combination of not quite sit down with the traditional fast food menu. So for fast casual, again, the internet's definition is denoting or relating to a type of high quality self-service restaurant offering dishes that are prepared to order and more expensive than those available in a typical fast food restaurant. So for the general basis of this podcast, we're going to include both of those definitions into our broadly defined fast food category. So having said that, Tony, my friend, what's your overall take on fast food? Do you get it often? Is it something that's more of a luxury only every once in a while? Give me your overall thoughts on the term fast food. Uh, I think fast food for me is exactly what, you know, it is defined as. It is something that is a fast meal, something that I get if I'm in a rush or if I don't have a lot of time to actually go and cook or sit down at a restaurant. Uh, but, you know, there is that fast casual, like you mentioned, that is kind of transitioning more so instead of just a kind of a drive through into a little bit of an experience where you kind of go in, pick what you want, you get to see it be made. Um, you have the option to sit down and, and that's kind of more of the popular type thing, but you can take it on the go. So I think the fast food industry is, is very growing. And I think that, you know, we're kind of moving out of just the normal McDonald's, Wendy's chain restaurants and moving towards a, I think, a newer era where, you know, you're getting these restaurants that have some type of experience. You get this feel or you get this experience of going into this restaurant, something that isn't quite like just ordering off a menu. So I think that really is good. But for me, I really don't try to eat as much fast food, um, especially during uh, the times we are right now with the pandemic. I really like to sit down, cook, try new things. And, and for a fast food restaurant, you know, you really don't get to try too many things that are new. You know, they may bring in a new item here and there. Um, you may get to try something you don't always get. But for me, I don't get fast food enough to really switch it up and get that luxury of trying things um, over time. Now, I think you brought up with everything going on with the pandemic and how that maybe has changed your relationship with fast food. I found myself where back in March and April, where things really first kicked off, I had taken a step back from fast food and made it more of a point to cook at home, try to get more experimental in the kitchen. I have never claimed to be Chef Boyard Damon, where I'm real dynamic in the kitchen where I make the very basics. So beginning of COVID, that was a little goal of mine. And since then, especially over the summer, I don't know if you want to call it the sense of giving back or whatever, but trying to help local businesses, because all these businesses are giant franchises that are probably going to survive whether or not they were in a pandemic. But I started, you know, getting takeout again more often. And I really started trying to try different foods at these fast food places instead of just getting my absolute go-to. But I think that brings up a good point with how fast food has changed over the years with services like Grubhub and Uber Eats to where now that's almost muddied the waters where we came up with our definition of what fast food is going to be for this conversation, where those services are able to go to those sit-down restaurants, whether you call it a steakhouse or whatever, and they're able to bring it to your door as any other fast food. Now, is that something that you get pretty often, maybe more than other fast food places? Uh, absolutely. It's just because, like you said, you get these restaurants that you would normally sit down at. Um, the quality of the food may not be great because, you know, you have some travel time in there, may sit for a little bit. But I do think that it is a little bit pricey at times. But I think for the food that you're getting, it's obviously going to be a little bit better than a fast food would be. You know, some people really like the fast food and really think it tastes good. 
Um, I'm more of a, you know, sit down restaurant, try new things, try new things off a menu that um, a restaurant has rather than just kind of a fast food menu. But Uber Eats and Grubhub has really actually been a, a bigger part, especially of my, my college. Living away from campus a little bit and having to drive, mainly staying at home to study, not really using a library or something like that. Grubhub and Uber Eats were really a staple for me of getting food because I really didn't have to leave. I didn't have to stop studying. Uh, it was more so you kind of order it, you keep studying, and then when it gets there, then you take your break. Um, and I think that's really a good point is that these are convenient for a lot of people that really don't have time to go out and spend, you know, 30 minutes outside getting an order, going through a drive through coming back, sitting down and eating. You can kind of continue doing what you're doing. When the food comes, then you can break. Um, so I think it's a, a better option, but it just shows that technology really does drive a lot of this. You know, you're really getting a, a sense of how much farther these fast food industries are coming. And, and these could definitely be something that could take off into something better. Yeah, I don't think it's overstating it to say that those kind of technologies and services have changed the food industry for the foreseeable future, where I don't think we'll ever go back to how it was pre-pandemic. I think some of the foundations that have now been laid in terms of the fast food and also delivery services, you know, here to stay. And I've definitely taken advantage of that stuff way more than I was even when I was in college. I think something that I specifically have done for myself is try to experiment and see which restaurants travel better, which foods travel better, where I've noticed that fried chickens travel very well with the delivery services. Sushi travels really well with any delivery services, but things like French fries are not great to travel with, but are great to go to the fast food window with. So that's something if I want French fries, I'm going out to get instead of staying at home and letting it come to me because it's not going to travel as well. And I think that leads perfectly into something that you and I felt we needed to distinguish was that the thing that has this method down pat better than any other of these food industries is pizza, where way before any of this necessity for the delivery services Pizza was the hallmark for staying at home, call up a pizza, it shows up at your door 30, 40 minutes later, because pizza travels probably the best out of any of these foods. Now, you and I talked offline about this. Why do we think it's necessary to exclude pizza from our inevitable fast food rankings? You know, pizza's kind of in its own realm where you still have those chains, still technically a faster food you know it's like the grub hub where you get it on the go you can order it you can pick it up but i feel like the line gets drawn where we start talking about special pizzas and special places or unique places to a specific area you know you get these places like from where i'm at we get some square pizza with cold cheese on it that's not something that you see everywhere and that's something unique you don't see fast food restaurants just popping up that are unique or different than the chain ones that are already there. So I think that really helps distinguish it from being a fast food. It's more of an experience type thing and a quality of food rather than just a quick bite to eat. So you really want to savor pizza. Plus, you know, when you're getting pizza, you, you know, it's something that it's the same, no matter what, like you get pizza, you get some toppings on it, but it's always going to almost remain the same in pizza. Whereas fast food, you have so many menu items that can change it up. You have chicken, you have burgers, you have fries. You know, that's what we typically think of. So I think pizza definitely has that little bit of a difference. That's the old adage, right? That there's no such thing as bad pizza. Yeah, they say so. But, uh, you know, when you're craving pizza, pizza's good. You know, you don't really have to complain about it. You might get a bad slice of pizza uh, here and there, but pizza's pizza. If you're craving it and you want it, you know, it's going to taste how you feel. Yeah. So I like something you said there where when we think of fast food, and I think the general person thinks of fast food, you're thinking of places that are all over the country, maybe even all over the world. They are franchises and chains, and they are the type of place that if you go to it in California, or if you go to it in Texas, they're pretty much going to be the same. Where with pizza, yes, you do have franchises, you have your Domino's Pizza Hut, whatever. But the thing with pizza in general is their competition is the neighborhood pizza place 
that exists where in your hometown, it's different than it is in my hometown. I think it belongs in a category outside of fast food. And I think if you just say the term fast food, pizza is not what first comes to mind where the places that you and I are going to discuss are, those are places that are in the lexicon in terms of fast food. Yeah, and I, I think you can make the discussion that pizza could be a fast food just because you get that same feel of you have a drive through that you can pick up food, not necessarily order there, but you know, you think of places like a, a Pizza Hut that you can go in and pizza's on a buffet. So de- technically, by definition, it's something that's at a snack bar. It knocks off some of that criteria for a fast food, but I definitely think that it's in its own uh, division. So no, it's so tricky people. because the snack bar, you and I have definitely been at sports where, boom, slice of pizza is right there next to hot dogs and popcorn. And it's like, oh man, that's, you know, that's right there. So I definitely agree. I think we're at a good place where we can exclude it. Now, another topic that you and I brought up, does it belong in the conversation or not, are the type of gas station fast food sheets wawa are those considered fast food or are those also its own category because it is specific to the gas station experience so what are your thoughts overall on that definitely think it's something different as well but i think this is a little bit more of a talk uh than the pizza because when you go to a gas station and you get you know something to eat just by the two words fast food it is fast food and whether it's a cold sandwich out of a cooler or whether it's somebody in the back making a sandwich for you or some chicken or whatever it may be. I really think that, like you said, gas stations are very unique to the food there. Um, So you're not going to get the same food everywhere. The hot food that's there is kind of a little bit different. But I really think you draw the line at there's not that many chain gas stations like we have with fast food industries. You know, you have Sheets, you have Wawa, you maybe have one or two more, but you really don't get much outside of that. You know, they're everywhere, but they're kind of competing around themselves. Yeah, and I think what's tricky in this is uh, the definition of fast casual that I read at the top includes that term self-service. And that is what people flock to certain gas stations over others because is because they can pop into a Sheets or a Wawa, go to those kiosks and have a whole variety of things to choose from that they can make very specific to themselves where they might choose to go to a sheets instead of a speedway because they don't have that same option at a speedway. But I agree with you that I don't think they should be included in this conversation because even though personally, I think that sheets French fries are the best French fries of any of the fast food options that are out there. It's just too specific to the gas station itself. And again, I don't think anyone outside of this conversation really pictures those when you think of fast food. So we're trying to really hammer down those who are on the Mount Rushmore of fast foods. And I don't think either of these would really crack into that. So I think it's pretty safe to say we can leave these out of our discussion going forward. Do you think McDonald's are the same across most chains? So do you feel like no matter where you go, your McDonald's experience is going to be relatively similar as compared to a Sheets or a Wawa where wherever you go, it's going to be the same experience? I think, yes. I think that probably a McDonald's in a upscale city probably looks different than in a downtrodden Midwestern town or something like that. But, you know, I think we are having this conversation because of Sheets and Wawa because that's what's in our areas. But I'm going to be honest, I don't even know if there are places like that on the West coast or down in Texas and stuff like that. So I think it doesn't have the same national landscape that the rest of the things that are going to be on our inevitable lists are going to have. Right. And I think you, you have a very different experience and a feel when you go in and get food from a gas station than you do when you get an actual fast food place, like a McDonald's, you, you think of it as a quick meal. With the gas station, sometimes you may really crave some of the foods there because they're unique, they're different, they're something that you don't see everywhere. So you really can actually, I'm not going to say enjoy it a little more, but kind of have a little bit better experience over it. Yeah, where with the Sheets and Wawa tights, I only ever get those, you know, when I'm traveling. Where with some of these other fast food places, I'm getting them because I'm craving them or because I'm hungry and I go through those options. You know, if I'm just sitting at home, 
I'm not Googling where's the nearest sheets to get, you know, mac and cheese bites there, where I might be Googling where's the closest McDonald's or Wendy's or something like that. Right. So do you, you brought up the idea of a, a kiosk and kind of stretching it at this point, but I really thought about this in depth. Do you think that based on the generation that we have now, that these kiosks and even Grubhub and Uber Eats are kind of bringing out this dilemma we have of social interaction? And I know it's a stretch, but back in the day when I was a kid, we would walk to the nearest fast food you know, restaurant and have to stand up in front of a cashier and order. And so I'm not going to be, I'm not going to lie. I would be afraid sometimes to ask for nothing on a burger, or I would be afraid to say, Hey, can you put that on the side? Whereas we have these options now where you can just type it in and don't really have to relay that information. Or for instance, if someone's making something for you and they grab the wrong thing, kind of have to hesitate and say, wait, I don't want that. I want that. So do you think this kiosk and technology kind of has gone away from the social interaction? It is definitely taking out that peer pressure of if I want to go to the counter and I know I've got a weird order, I'm so nervous about the person behind me thinking, look at this insane kid. I definitely think it's for the better, though, where I'm willing to, you know, sit and think like, ooh, maybe this will taste good on here. And I'm willing to get pretty funky with some normally just bland options that I might just say, like, instead of just going and say, Hey, I'll get the number one, but you know, no mayonnaise or whatever. So now I can go to those kiosks and get real funky with it. I definitely think that the generations who are figuring out their favorite fast food places now are in a much better situation than we were, where we were trying to figure it out because I definitely have, you know, been to a, a sandwich shop and I asked for one thing and boom, they start just pouring on some sauce I didn't want. And then you're just like, so mad at them, mad at yourself, but also just like, whatever, I just now want to get my sandwich and get out of here. Right. And I, I think a good point to that is, you know, you ever sit in a fast food or like sit in front of a cashier and look at the menu and they're just staring at you like, okay, whenever you're ready. Whereas if you got on, you're on your phone, you can delete it and start over or you can add stuff and like, no, I don't want that anymore. So like you said, that peer pressure really is something that, you know, i I'm not going to say faced as it's like some big problem, but it's something that, you know, kind of did scare me. I didn't like going into fast food restaurants because if I would walk in and not know what I want, you just have a cashier staring at you from across the room. I know I've gone into places over the years where I would just get the same thing because I knew exactly how to order it every time. I didn't want to be the guy who's holding up the line, holding up the process because I'm pondering over the, the different options and thinking like, Ooh, do I want this or do I not? And I think the idea of now, incorporating that fast casual stuff of self-service and kiosks into your traditional fast food restaurants has been a godsend where I have no problem walking in. I can see if there's a line or not, boom, hit the kiosk, take as much time as I want. And then they're just going to bring it out to me. And I like that way more than the traditional setup that you and I learned when we were first going to these restaurants. Right. And we can definitely see that transition of a fast casual being more like a sit down restaurant because you have this time to kind of think about it. You mentioned that when you go to a fast food, you typically know what you're going to get. So you really don't have to think about it too much. Whereas if you go to a fast casual type place or a dining place, you tend to think, switch it up. Hey, what do I want? What looks good? So I think that definitely shows that there's a difference between a fast food and a fast casual and that the fast casual can be definitely more of a sit down, but I think it still trends towards the fast food just for the fact that, like you said, it's more convenient. It's a little bit easier. It may be a little bit more expensive, but it's not as expensive as sitting down and having that full experience of the dinner. Yeah, I think there's a reason why some of these fast food franchises and staples have been around for so long. They figured out a formula decades ago that all Americans can kind of get behind. It's quick, it's easy, it's whatever, but... I think it has been interesting to see, you know, especially since I was in high school, how the up and coming movement of these quote unquote fast casual restaurants have now bled over into those traditional things and restaurants that we think of in terms of fast food, as well as the pushback from the fast food industry on the fast casual, where it's still in competition with each other. They're not quite running on the same path. They're hitting different demographics and crowds, but they're both bleeding over into each other. Yeah, it's, it's kind of crazy.
to see also the growth of some of these fast casual places as quickly as they are. So for instance, like Chipotle, like it's grown tremendously in a short amount of time where you have a McDonald's that, you know, it's kind of stayed steady no matter what. So it's going to be curious to see what type of fast casual places can kind of be created and see if they can trend that same way. Cause I think the fast casual uh, industry and that more of a Chipotle type style can grow and develop and be created a little bit better than a fast food chain can be. Yeah. I'm definitely excited to see where things go from here because I think I hate to keep bringing up the pandemic and everything that's happened in 2020, but if there's any positive that's come out from it is that some of these restaurants have had to come up with different creative ideas in order to keep themselves relevant in order to keep themselves above water financially. And I think it'll be interesting to see the creative aspects that come out of these restaurants that stick around for much longer and inevitably change the fast food industry for the foreseeable future. Yeah, and I think a lot of people, especially during this pandemic, have opened their eyes to stuff like Grubhub and Uber Eats. I know where I live, I don't have it. We have DoorDash, but it's very limited. But it's growing. Like every week or so, you see a new restaurant added on there, whether it's just a limited menu. But it's growing and growing because people realize the success that it brings. But even more so in bigger areas, people are kind of seeing the benefit of having this. All right. So I think we laid a pretty good foundation of what defines as fast food, at least for our conversation. You know what, Tony? This is our podcast. So if anyone wants to give us a hard time for the rules that we laid out for what is and what is not fast food, well, whatever. So I think at this, we should take a break. And then when we come back, let's go through our personal top fives in reverse order, five to one of the best fast food restaurants. break where we're breaking down our top five fast food restaurants. Now, Tony, before we start breaking down our list, I think we have to go over what just missed our top fives, our honorable mentions, those ones that were in that six or seven range that you wanted to include, but you just couldn't let break the top five. So did you have any honorable mentions for us? Yeah, I have some close calls. I also have uh, two overrateds, in my opinion. So we're going to do some close calls first. I have five guys, really like their burgers, fries especially, but the experience there is really great. Uh, Tim Hortons, just because I grew up around it, it's more of a, a typical fast food that I would get, I'm more so of a breakfast, something like that. Arby's, you know, can't go wrong with some, a roast beef sandwich or some curly fries. And then Chick-fil-A also was a close call for me. Not typically a fan. I've got sick a couple of times off Chick-fil-A, but the food is pretty good. So I had to keep it out just because I, uh, my experiences with it. I also left Chick-fil-A out of my top five. It actually wasn't that close of a call. It was more in that probably eight, nine, 10 range. And it wasn't even breaking close to the top five. My hardest cut was Dunkin' Donuts where their catchphrase is America runs on Dunkin'. I'll tell you what, Damon Edwards runs on Dunkin'. Anytime I have drill and a bunch of times in college, that's what got me through. Two wake up wraps, a donut and a large coffee were my go-to there for the last five years of my life. That was a tough cut. So why did you cut it then? If Damon runs on Duncan, why, why was it not a top five? If I was giving it a rating, you know, there's those things where you might have your comfort movie, but you'd never consider it the best movie or your favorite movie. That's Dunkin' Donuts for me, where it's just like, boom, go to, I know what I'm getting. I like it every single time. But where the things that were on my top five are just so enjoyable every single time. And I actually crave those five. Where Dunkin' Donuts, I never really crave. I just know that it's it's the fastball. It's going to get me what I want every single time. And then the other one that I left off, that was a close cut. 
was McDonald's for the exact same reason where I love McDonald's, go to it probably more often than I should, but I never actually crave it. It's just another one of those things where it's like, oh, okay, I need to get something quick to eat. Boom, see, there's McDonald's go where, you know, I like it. I got my go-to meals, you know, McChickens, McNuggets, but I never seek it out the same way that I seek out the ones that made my top five. You know, and I kind of feel the same way, but I, I think this is a good transition here is I slid that into my top five at number five for the sole reason that their breakfast is, I think, just not comparable to any other place. You know, you have other places that kind of have tried, but you can't beat, you know, their coffee. You can't beat a biscuit. You can't beat a McGriddle, even hash browns. You know, they serve pancakes. They may not be great, but it's unique. And I really think the breakfast pushed it into a top five for me, but also their fries are okay. If they're hot coming right out into a, you know, pack, I think they're phenomenal, but I definitely think the breakfast pushed it in the top five, just because it's something that going to a travel basketball, going to something on a weekend or getting up early and having to grab breakfast on the fly. It's a very good option uh, for something quick. and. I think the taste is very good. may not be great for you, but I definitely think that it's something in the morning, a good go-to, which is why it slid into my number five spot here. The sausage McGriddle definitely puts McDonald's in the conversation, but just missed that cutoff for me. So for my number five is something that when I say I crave it, it is definitely a craving and it's Taco Bell, where every couple months i just get an absolute hankering for some chicken chalupas some shredded chicken burritos some grande nachos and a baja blast and that's my favorite thing about taco bell is that i can get enough food to feed a village for six dollars and i feel awful afterwards but great at the same time now are you a taco bell fan i am not and that's actually one of the ones i put in my overrated categories I've had it definitely with drunk food, definitely sober, but I'm just not a fan. I don't know if it's me not finding what I like there or something that kind of sticks for me, but no matter what I've gotten there, it's just always been underwhelming. So I think Taco Bell actually could have made it higher on my list if it wasn't for their recent menu where they took away my favorite thing. And that's the potato loaded griller where they were less than a dollar and they hit the absolute spot. You put a little Diablo sauce on it. And it is just the go-to drunk food, perfect. And once they took that away, that's why they slid down to the number five spot on my list. All right, so let's go to our number fours. What do you got, Tony? So kind of switching gears here is is I'm going to go with Steak and Shake. I I love their kind of thin steak burgers that you get. I love kind of a thicker bun. But not only that, their fries, little thin shoestring fries are, are great. And not to mention their milkshakes are phenomenal. Five Guys milkshakes are up there as well, but I've just had way more steak and shake to really put it up there. And I think it's it's not the traditional burger you get from like a McDonald's. It's something a little bit more different, unique, which is is why I put it up there. I definitely like steak and shake, but I think for me, I've only had it a handful of times where everything else that was on even my honorable mention list I've had numerous times and I just, you know, I feel as a part of me. So that's a very Pittsburgh uh, choice and, you know, not having grown up there, only been there the last few years. I don't think it's as ingrained in me as, you know, the other ones on my top five. So for my number four, this is something that if we were having this conversation only a few years ago, would have easily have fallen into my overrated category. But number four, I had Subway. And when I was living in Oklahoma, I lived maybe 200 yards from a subway. And living in Oklahoma where there's a bunch of fast food options and I wanted to just be a little more health conscious, Subway was a great outlet for that where I could go to it and I tell you what, I got it every other day, if not more, where quick, easy, on the go, whatever. And I didn't feel as bad as I would getting Whataburger or something else like that in the area. The whole idea around Subway is that 
There is no predetermined menu and boom, everything is very unique, specific to you. You can throw stuff on if you want and you should never, never have to feel ashamed for putting something funky on a sandwich. So do you like Subway or is that also fall in your overrated category? No, Subway actually falls right into my next one at number three. And I Perfect. think I, I love the points that you made. And another good point is that it's a it may not be the best though, but it, I think it still is a little bit healthier. It's something that you can get and won't feel too bad about when eating it, but it also is a very customizable experience. When you go in there, you can basically throw any combination of meats, cheeses, vegetables together that you like, and you can always experiment with it. And it's something that you don't really get at other fast food industries. I don't know where to put this and I, I don't know your opinions on it. I don't know whether it's a fast food or a fast casual. I think it falls a little closer to the fast casual for me because I think that drive-through aspect is pretty new to Subways where I think for the most part, when you think of Subway, you think actually going into the place, looking at your bar of meats, cheeses, and toppings, and you actually pick it out yourself and tell them what you want versus what you don't want. So I think it falls a little more on that side of the fence compared to traditional fast food where you think of it where, boom, drive up menu, order the number one, pay, you're on your way. So at my number three, I had one that you had mentioned earlier, and that's Five Guys. When I specifically think of fast food and the history of fast food, it's burgers. Where 1950s America and fast food becomes a very popular thing, it was all about burger shops doing burgers, fries, and shakes. And that's where we got born, the McDonald's, Wendy's, Jack in the Box, whatever. And I think the best burger out of all of them is the Five Guys burger. So that's why I had to put them in my top five, where I'm going to five guys, I'm getting a burger, fries, shake, or maybe going over to the soda machine where they were the first place that I saw that had the big screen of options that you can choose and you can put, you know, cherry flavoring or vanilla flavoring and anything you wanted where it wasn't the traditional soda machine where you just had your six or eight options or whatever. And I loved going to it as a kid, the peanuts where you can eat them, you're grabbing them while you're waiting in your line. I just think it's the best out of those burger specific fast food restaurants. Yeah, and I'm definitely a fan of Five Guys, especially around college. There was definitely one that was right on campus for us that you couldn't help but to go to it every once in a while, just because if you craved a good burger sometimes, or, you know, in my eyes, a greasy burger that you could enjoy, Five Guys was definitely the place to go. You know, that probably also was the first place where I kind of had that experience with the, the soda machine of kind of customizing it. Definitely a unique experience where you don't get that anywhere else. Yeah, and I think, so I had mentioned that McDonald's had just missed my cutoff for the top five. So when I compare those two, I really only ever go to McDonald's for a burger if it's after a night of boozing, where Five Guys, I'm getting that on just a normal Tuesday afternoon where I'm starving and I want to get a bunch of food. Little more expensive, so maybe that's a drawback for it, but I don't mind, you know, paying that extra couple dollars for a dynamite burger. Right. You know, you're not going to walk into five guys drunk and get a burger. If you do, you're, you're, you're not going to be feeling too well the next day or even that night. Yeah, I agree. Okay, so moving down the list, what do you got at number two? So the runner-up, I guess, in our top five here for me was Wendy's. And the reason Wendy's is here is because it was almost a staple for me uh, in my childhood in the summer. We would play backyard baseball, swim, whatever it was. And then we would walk to Wendy's and I just couldn't get enough of the combination of either a baked potato, you know, a double stack, uh, their fries, which I think are one of my favorite fries because I feel they're a little fresher. And also growing up, it was the first time I ever saw someone actually put a potato in a fry cutter, push it down and make fries. And that's something that was kind of cool to me. I can't get over that experience when I was younger, even the Frosties, depending your fries and the Frosty, whether people do it or not. But I also feel like the chicken nuggets there, the breading on them is a little better. They taste a little bit more real, I guess, to put it plain and simple than a McDonald's uh, chicken nugget does. I, I really feel like you can now get some better options. You know, they have some salads on there that are, I think are decent if you want to switch it up. 
but you never had to worry about their ice cream machine being down. And that's really why I think it's ahead of McDonald's, but Wendy's is definitely a top two for me. And, you know, kind of talking about it right now is making me salivate a little bit and kind of want some Wendy's. So the two things that I think Wendy's really has going for it is a, the frosty, the frosty is just unbeatable. And then in recent years is the $5 biggie bag unbeatable, but I just don't get it nearly as often to have even included it in this conversation and the burgers are okay. And I'm not saying it's any better or worse than the McDonald's burgers. The McDonald's burgers, not that great either, but I don't know. I just never find myself sitting around saying like, Oh, let's go get Wendy's. The only time I want to go get Wendy's is if it's for the frosty. And then also if I'm driving and I see it and I'm like, okay, I realize I haven't eaten in six, seven hours. Let's it's biggie bag time. Right. And I, I think the biggest thing for me in Wendy's was when we were younger, we would have a lemonade stand because we typically didn't have, you know, a ton of money to go and get all this stuff, but their dollar menu would have double stacks, baked potatoes, fries, frosties were 99 cents. So you sell two or three things of lemonade. That's enough for one person to go get a meal at Wendy's. And I'm not going to say we lived on a heavy traffic area, but there were a lot of kids around. So a lot of parents would kind of be like, Oh, that's nice. They would give us, a dollar and then tip us with a five and be like, all right, well, we got our food for the you know afternoon. And so I really think that's more of it, the memories and the experience around the Wendy's when I was growing up. The one reason I do feel bad for not including it is that was my mom's first job in high school as she worked at a Wendy's. So I feel like I'm doing her a disservice by not including it on my list, but it just, it's not in that same category of fast food for me. Fair enough. What's your, what's your runner up here in our top five? Okay. So my runner up is I think the reason I fought so hard when we were having our conversations of what's included as fast food and not is the place that made fast casual, such a big part of the lexicon. And that's Chipotle where over the years, Chipotle has had its waxing and waning of the popularity. Some people love it. Some people hate it. Some people have the crazy take that Moe's or Cadoba is better. And those people are just wrong. Chipotle is the original when it comes to the fast, casual Mexican place. And it belongs in a tier above Moe's, Cadoba, whatever. So I don't want to hear any of those conversations. So Chipotle in general is awesome because I feel like I can go in there, spend $7 for a big burrito that's going to fill me up for most of the time. And it doesn't make me feel quite as bad as five guys does or Taco Bell does. And it just sits in my stomach better. And it's just one of those things that it is very similar to pizza where it's like, okay, Friday night, don't really want to make food. Boom. Chipotle go to it's just been such a part of the last five years of my life that I would have been remiss if I left it out of the top three. Right. And, and we talked about the fast casual and I made the point of kind of growing a lot faster than a lot of places. And I really contribute that to their fact that they can make really quality food. I feel like all of their meat is seasoned insanely well. You know, their chicken is great. Their steak is great. Even their carne asada is, you know, you get that, that little lime punch with it that is just superior to all other kind of fast casual places and they don't have a ton of options you know chipotle sticks to a smaller menu but they do it really really well i agree man so what do you got at number one i'm gonna have to stick with you here and go with chipotle as my number one but like you said the past five years if if i didn't have chipotle um i would probably be disappointed if it'd be my first time now having it just because they're is so many ways to kind of shake it up, even within their small menu, that you can really get a good enjoyment. I was kind of a plain eater come five years ago when it first opened. And it kind of did suit me pretty well, even back then when I could just get rice, meat, cheese and lettuce and, and a burrito. And it was something that was good, but it's kind of pushed me to expand my limits. And I've now become a very diverse eater at chipotle where i can almost put anything on anything and enjoy it and so i really feel like the point you made about being that intermediate between a fast food 
that may not be a great option for you um, or a pizza, but also be something that isn't a sit down and won't take too much time. That really is a positive for them that they have going that other places really don't. Chipotle is just something that I can eat two or three times a week and not really so much get sick of it, not really feel bad about myself. Now, I do know that at least from looking at their stats, there is a ton of salt in their food. You eat one burrito with either chicken or steak and you've already hit your salt intake for the day. Now, it's not a terrible thing and that's probably why it tastes so good, but it does have some drawbacks and I really don't think that they're enough though to really push it away from any other fast food that I have. Yeah, it's definitely the only one that we've mentioned, maybe other than Subway for me, that I can do multiple times in a week and not be sick of it or feel terrible about myself. So something that I wanted to do with each of our number ones on this list is to share what our go-to order is when you go there. What's your favorite thing that you can get when you go to Chipotle? So I have kind of two. So I'm going to give you my first one, which is kind of more the newer basic one that a lot of people, I guess, would tend to get. I like splitting the chicken and the steak for my meat, but I've been getting a bowl more recently with a tortilla on the side. I like my beans in my bowl and then also brown rice. And then I can get cheese, lettuce, pico, guac, corn. Occasionally I'll put in the veggies in there, but it's not a every type, every day type of thing. So that's kind of my go-to if it's something just a normal day. However, if I want to spice it up a little bit and really what got me full in in this Chipotle was when first time I went there, my friend ordered a quesarito. If anybody doesn't know what it is, and I'm sure most Chipotle eaters know what it is, it's a burrito with cheese in it. You wrap it up in some tin foil and press it down on the iron and it melts that cheese inside that first burrito. And then you put another one on top of it after you open up the burrito and you toast that one. So you have this nice layer of burrito, cheese, burrito, and that kind of makes your foundation for everything else. I still get the chicken and the steak. Sometimes I get the carne asada by itself, but typically it's still the the chicken and the steak. Brown rice, I get my beans on the side for my burrito. I like to kind of put them on as I eat each bite. That way you're not kind of getting too much or not enough. You kind of get your own feel of how many beans you get in a bite. And then still the cheese, lettuce, pico, guac. And I like corn in my burrito. It kind of brings that little sweetness to it, I guess, uh, that little extra Mexican feel in there. I don't like anything spicy. I've tried it, but I can't. I also am not a huge fan of their chips, but if I'm sitting down and having it, I'm going to get chips because it's a good thing if you're having it with someone else. After you eat your meal, have some chips, talk, dip it in some guac or some pico. That's kind of my my hidden menu type item. That's well done, my friend. That's why you get paid the big bucks. That quesarito is a unique find. I like that. We got to find someone who's worked at Chipotle and figure out what they can do for us and what some of the other secret menu hidden things they've got going on there. So, so Damon... I gave you my number one. What is your top fast food, fast casual food that you crave more than anything else? So this is where I started my list, where I knew no matter what, this was going to be number one. And it's Raising Cane's Chicken Fingers. I cannot get enough of the place where I mentioned way earlier in this conversation that one thing that really travels well that I've noticed is fried chicken. And I think the best fried chicken or chicken fingers place that I've had in the entire country is Raising Cane's. So whether I'm getting it delivered through a delivery service, or if I'm actually going to the restaurant and sitting down in it as, you know, fast food or whatever, or going to the drive-thru window, I'm getting similar, same consistency every time with the chicken there. And I just think it is down and out the best when it comes to quality how it makes me feel, price, the sauce, and as well as the sides. And so I just think that when I 
say, what do I want more than anything? And it's not going to be a sit down restaurant. I want Raisin Cane's the most. And another thing that I love about Raisin Cane's is what makes fast food so unique is the speed. How fast can they get it out to you? It's not the same as a sit down restaurant. The thing with Raisin Cane's is that they make only chicken. They don't get cute with salads. They don't try to dip their toes into the realm of burgers. They make fries, coleslaw, bread, chicken, and drinks. And they get it out to you faster than any of other of these restaurants that I can think of. And that's why I like it so much. So do you feel like it is a comparable to Chick-fil-A or is by far way above? It's so different. So it's not comparable in that aspect, but I definitely think it is head and shoulders above Chipotle. What sauce do you like the best? Is it still it's the cane, cane it's, sauce? It's the cane sauce. So it's their you know specialty sauce that they make there, where it's you know not quite a buffalo sauce. It's a little more of like a Chipotle ranch sauce, where it's a little creamier, almost got like that little like buttermilk taste to it. And it's just got like that perfect bit of spicy, sweet, creaminess that you can't find it anywhere else. It's better than Chick-fil-A sauce. You know, it's just on another level. I've had Cane's probably once or twice. Don't really have too much to share about it other than it was pretty good. I don't, I'm not going to say I remember eating it, but it's not something that I would go away from, you know, it's not something like a Chick-fil-A where I kind of hesitate a little bit. I have to be in the mood to get a Chick-fil-A. I could see Cane's definitely being something that I would go to a little more. It's something I definitely have to try. And that's just my aspect of not being in the South a little bit more. And I know there's some other ones even around here, but I've really never ventured out of my way to get a Cane's. Yeah, and that's what's tough is it's not as readily available as some of these other ones that we've mentioned, where it is predominantly in the South, where you can't really find it uh, anywhere in the New England states or anything like that. And especially in the South, their big rival is Zaxby's. And now I've had both, and I, I just think it's not even a competition where I think Cane's is better, tastes better, the sauce is better. So what is your go-to item on this menu that you say is so not diverse it's just chicken coleslaw whatever else what is your go-to so that's the thing the menu is just different quantities of chicken or do you want it in a sandwich or not so here's what i get i get the box combo and i'm going to read to you from the actual raising canes website what comes in the box combo four chicken fingers crinkle cut fries one cane sauce one slice of texas toast coleslaw and a 22 ounce fountain drink slash tea. So here's what you do. If Raisin Cane's only has chicken fingers or the chicken sandwich, the box combo can give you the best of both worlds by doing this. So what you do is instead of the coleslaw, you ask for a second slice of Texas toast. And then you take one of your four chicken fingers, put it in between the toast, little cane sauce, boom chicken sandwich and then you got three leftover chicken fingers and then what i do instead of the fountain drink i get either the sweet tea or their homemade lemonade which they're both known for both are great so that's my go-to order every time i go to raisin canes so i'm assuming when you do this this kind of beats out the alternative of the sandwich because you get a little bit more chicken than you would if you just get the sandwich yep getting the same type of bread chicken sauce combo that you're getting if you just went and ordered the sandwich there but you're also getting you know more chicken to it it fills you up more than just getting the sandwich and i think that's the go-to also the fries are good if i didn't mention that they're just on par with any of these other fries you're going to get at these fast food places sounds interesting i'm also curious have you ever mixed the sweet tea and the lemonade never have never have that's fine you know, that's that's a staple at least for me, I love Arnold Palmer's and mixing some some sweet tea and lemonade, making that nice concoction of drinks is, is something that I don't know. I'd probably do it my first time there, but after that, I don't know. It just depends how it tastes. I'm gonna be honest. I never even thought to do that. Once again, I say this is why you get paid the big bucks, my friend. So that that's a pretty pretty good item menu. You know, you're taking advantage of you know the extra meat. You know, you're getting that extra piece of toast and 
sounds pretty good. And being up here, it sounds like we're going to have to make a trip down south and, and try this out for ourselves. Yes, sir. Perfect for a Saturday game day. So I think we need to do it before this college football season ends. Absolutely. All right, brother. I think we both made our cases for our individual top fives. If any of you guys are listening and you want to share with us on Twitter about your personal top fives, things you felt that we left out, things that should have been higher or lower on the list, please share those thoughts with us. So before we get out of here, Tony, do you have anything else you want to mention about fast food or anything else? Like Damon said, if you guys have any other places to try, if you have any other opinions about fast food, fast casual, even pizza and the Sheets vs. Wawa discussion, make sure to mention us on Twitter. Uh, it's at the slow break TSB, or you can just search us uh, the slow break. Uh, we'd love to hear your opinions. We'd love to hear your takes on fast food. All right, brother. I think that about wraps it up. I hope you have a happy holiday. The slow break will be coming back in the new year. We're going to take a little bit of time off to enjoy the holidays and then come back with some more topics for you guys. Yeah, that's the other thing too. Make sure you guys hit us up with some topics to talk about here. You know, we have uh, a great list of, of things that we can do, but we're always looking for what our audience likes to hear. So make sure you guys uh, reach out to us and tell us what you want to hear. All right, Tony, good talking to you, brother. Happy holidays to you and your family. To anyone else out there listening, happy holidays and wear a mask. <laughs>